And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. so much, everyone, for joining us this evening. Uh, now, I, I know you may feel like you're uh, um, being co-opted or coerced into listening. I mean, I know we're all uh, locked down in our homes, and we uh, haven't seen anybody. Today, I saw our daughter for the first time in uh, probably about two or three weeks. I can't believe it. Came over, and uh, we took a chance, but she came over, and I had cooked some... I make a mean shrimp gumbo, and I made a shrimp gumbo. I enticed them for her and our grandson, Will, and the family over there. That So I'd cook something, and she came over to kind of pick it up. And instead of just picking it up on the front porch and then driving away, waving at each other in the distance, she came in, and we we were able to sit and talk. It was, it was really pleasant. So anyway, we're all under the same mandate. We're all living the same experience. No one is exempted from it. Uh, out of our three children, all live in San Antonio. Uh, two of them have lost their jobs, <laughs> so the, uh, the, we're trying to figure that out way for the third one's job is tenuous. He, they've been told already that probably they won't make it through the uh, year. So uh, it's just you know it's just families pulling together, people loving each other, caring to, with our neighbors. We've our, our sweet little neighbor lady. We've gone over and visited her, taking food. She's. She's struggling with some underlying health issues, as they say. It's become a famous phrase in this uh, in this corona pandemic. Uh, he has underlying health issues. So don't we all, you know, in some way, I guess. Um, but here we are. Thanks for being along, folks. I'm so glad you're with us. This is called The Bible, but live, live, The Bible Live. And, and uh, I'll tell you what it's all about is uh, – my name is Soapy Dollar. You heard that from the intro. Uh, I've been here in our city for many uh, decades, four or five decades, ministering and working. I, 
uh, came to Christ in faith early as a little boy. I was uh, uh, raised in a home for homeless and delinquent boys up in West Texas. Some of you have heard about Cal Farley's Boys Ranch. Now they have a girl's town and take care of young men and young women who are been uh, subject to oh, family chaos, uh, dysfunction, uh, what you would call it, I guess. I don't know, uh, perhaps abuses, addictions, and things. Uh, but I went as a young boy. I was five years old. I was placed into a home for homeless and delinquent boys up in West Texas, Cal Farley's Boys Ranch. And when I was eight years old, I, I, I began to hear this message as a young boy about God and about this man named Jesus. And I, I was, my heart was responsive. I wanted God. I wanted to know God. I, You know, if you don't have a mom and dad, which I didn't, I was abandoned at birth and passed around about 16 families before I was six years old. So uh, I, I just didn't have a lot of stability. If you don't have a mom or dad, you know, you you honestly can't do a whole lot better than the God of the universe. I mean, I know, folks, we, we're... I love being a dad. I love love my children, and I've loved. Uh, I mean, I still think of my children. They're up in you know the forties and late thirties, and now, and uh, but they're still my kiddos. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and it was my job to to love them, raise them, and point them faithfully uh, as as a believer uh, to give them the the best possible basis of truth and understanding of our reality, our existence as human beings to give them the best possible insight I could about about truth, or what, about what's going on in this world, what is life all about. And so I, I love doing that and pointing them faithfully toward the God of the Bible. I believe the God of the Bible to be, after all these many years of walking with him and serving him, I've been 50 years on the mission field. My wife and I, right out of college, decided we, we both had come to Christ and come to faith in the Lord for very young uh, uh, she was five, I was eight, and so I, I lagged behind there. She never lets me forget that, by the way. <laughs> and uh, uh, But we decided, well, let's give the Lord a few years of our life, and then we'll get back to our careers and so on. And uh, we joined the staff of what was then a very vibrant, not, not simply an organization or a religious uh, organization. It was a movement uh, back in the time. This was... Back in the early 70s, late 60s, I remember the – well, you don't remember, most of you. But there was it was a time of a great deal of social upheaval. In other words, what we're seeing today in our society and culture uh, was just getting its beginnings back then. So it was much more radical, much more mm, – it was hippie. You know, you've heard of the hippies. In the, I, there was a movement of, of uh, you know, freedom and this sort of thing. But, uh, but at the same time, there was a, there was a movement of of uh, a spiritual movement, and, and, and some hippies became part of the Jesus, what they called the Jesus movement, and so so it was a pretty radical time. People were the culture was beginning the process of uh, of kind of breaking up, and uh, essential things were being questioned. You know, uh, God in the schools. John and I were just talking about that here in the studio. Um, the idea. Remember, it was in the '60s and '70s when, uh, uh, you know, the Bible was no longer able to be read in the in the public schools, and prayer was no longer accepted in the public schools. Uh, and then you got to in the early '70s, you got the whole idea of the, the biggie, the big, big, big biggie was the idea that it's it's all right to kill the unborn children in the womb, 
and we're going to make that acceptable. Not that it's all right or good. I think anyone who is even pro-choice would say, "Oh, it's terrible," and so on and so on. But they deemed that it's 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 worse for the for the female or for the family or the male and female, I guess, or whoever, to go through some discomfort and and so on than it is to let that child be born. And so the idea was that let let the woman decide if, if she wants to uh, kill the the child growing in her womb or not, and that's that's permissible. Uh, that was just a that was a step way over the line for so many people, but not for some, of course. See that what I said that this division we have in our culture even today, much today much more much more um, clear the, the lines of demarcation. There we were just talking that there is. There is a significant uh, percentage of our population. I don't know. Maybe some of you could tell me what you think, how many. There is a a significant percentage of our American population that is or seems. This is Joe Soapy Dollar just sounding off here, so you can give me a call and be a part of the discussion this hour. Uh, We're talking about all things biblical. We're we're talking about the world we live in, the society we live in, America today, and even globally, but and the biblical worldview. The Bible has a worldview. The Bible presents a a consistent – that's one of the great things about the biblical worldview. It is consistent. It's clear. It's logical. It it builds um, upon itself. It's – it, it is a consistent, clear worldview. Uh, and so it, it, it has a view of what God does, not only with individual lives, but with couples and families and neighborhoods and communities and cities and, and nations as well. So, um, but the point is, is there's a significant population, uh, percentage of our population that is – in fact, I, I think even probably many of them would announce very publicly and clearly and maybe even proudly that we are anti-God. We we don't espouse and we don't think it's good to espouse. We don't need God in any discussion. It needs to be – doesn't need to be – you see that sometimes in our press conferences with, with the president uh, this week – um, a businessman, you, you know, the pillow man, we all know about him because he's been on every <laughs> channel advertising. But uh, he he appeared at a presidential press conference kind of highlighting the uh, cooperation that seems to be growing and that seems to, seems to be relatively a good thing between the um, public sector, that means corporations and uh, business, both small business and larger and mid-sized businesses, between the public cult- society, uh, part of the s- sector of our culture and, and the government. In other words, they're collaborating together. And I think the pillow guy, my pillow guy, they evidently had given a great deal of money to help uh, fight the corona and, and donated to, uh, you know, like medical sourcing sources and people who are working. And also their company had... Uh, uh, shut down some uh, building uh, or the or the making of pillows, and they had thrown in their equipment and their personnel and their people into the task of of um, creating fabricating these face masks for that seemed we seemed to be in such shortage uh, shortage of, and so they were 
doing that and as part of their contribution to the coronavirus response of the nation. And I think it, the idea was that he was being highlighted as a uh, as a good thing, uh, that the public sector and, and the uh, government sector were collaborating, working together in this time. Um, the problem was that the, the, the guy... Uh, he's he's an ex crack addict. He, he's an ex you know drug addict himself. He's had a lot of problems in his life and difficulties. But the way he found his way out of them, he came to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, he came to faith in God, and and he couldn't help but mention that evidently in his. Uh, he's been a very public believer anyway over um, a number of years. But he mentions it in his presentation, and so that. Oh, everybody's up in arms. That, that that was just terrible. He should. They would, and all kinds of accusations about the using you know public uh, press conference to to promote his business and so on, which he didn't do at all. Uh, everybody knows who he is, uh, and I guess you can say he was promoted in the sense that he was talked about and presented, but that was not the point of his appearance there. So anyway, you can see, folks, that our society, our culture, from down to the home and family levels, my family this morning, we uh, uh, each from our different homes, uh, five, five, one, two, three, five different homes. Uh, one of the houses is being sold. Uh, <laughs> I say being sold. I don't know really if it's being sold or not in this coronavirus environment. Not many people are looking at homes, it seems. But uh, anyway, we all got online together, got our our cell phones, and we uh, worshipped with uh, one of the congregations here in San Antonio that was streaming, live streaming their 30-minute, just a, a brief, about 30, 35-minute worship time. And it was so rich and so good. I was just so uh, encouraged. Uh, all of our work is at Lackland Air Force Base. We, as many of you know, we work with the basic trainees that going into the United States Air Force, we're part of helping them be able to have their constitutionally mandated freedom of worship. And so uh, they're, all of the trainees that go into Lackland, as in any of the other branches, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, uh, or in, in any of the basic training facilities. Most of you know that the Air Force, though, only has one basic training site, uh, and, and not talking about the Air Force uh, uh, Academy. They don't go through basic in the same sense or way that uh, that folks do uh, from the general culture and society. But the Air Force only has one basic training site. That's why uh, Lackland Air Force Base is called Gateway to the Air Force. Uh, it's the only place uh, every enlisted person that goes into the Air Force must do his basic training at Lackland. And we usually get about 40 about 40%. Uh, the numbers sometimes wave of 40 to 50% of all the young men and women who go into the United States Air Force come through our uh, Bible classes, our Bible studies. It's a series called We've Developed, Campus Crusade has developed, or Crew has developed, called uh, Journey for a Lifetime. And so we teach that, and we have about 85 volunteers from, oh, 25 or so, church, 25, 26 different congregations here in San Antonio that come out, volunteers that come out, half of them being former military themselves and the other half not. But they come out, we train them and equip them and we resource them so that we can teach 
the Bible and give encouragement and spiritual uh, support to our men and women in uniform going into the Air Force out at Lackland. But we are shut down just like everyone else. They can't meet together uh, anymore during this time, either for worship or for religious education. And so um, we are. We've been busy doing video. Uh, I've been uh, putting, reducing, and putting all of our different lessons, nine of our lessons, onto a video disc, so that they can watch them in their dorms where they uh, where they reside in their residences. Um, the trainees can still those that want to. It's always voluntary, of course. Uh, those that want to can still enjoy our classes. So Suzanne and I have been. Uh, teaching through all nine of our lessons and putting them on on a video so that they can enjoy them uh, and continue to as they meet together in their small groups as trainees uh, they can they can still uh, celebrate and take advantage of their freedom of worship for religious education and for worship in worship services so anyway. Yeah, I'm just rattling on here telling you how th- people and every different people you may not have known about are responding and reacting and and uh, <coughs> handling ourselves during this time. We are all indeed in the same boat. This should be a great time of fellowship, particularly for us as believers. You know what fellowship is, two fellows in the same ship. So we are, we're all in this together. We were, we're discovering that better than we ever knew before. We are indeed, all of us in this together. We need to be encouraging one another, praying for one another, helping one another. This is a time when, uh, actually, this is the kind of time when, when the people of God, those who truly love God and, and desire God and, and, and worship God, this is a time when we can give expression to our faith, and both personally, as we as we experience God, we have to come back and, and, and realize that God is there, and this is our reality, but God is still here, so what is God doing, and what is it all about? And um, for our own selves, for our own lives, and our own uh, growth and spiritual, uh, how we can grow and how we can uh, be strong, even in a time like this, and also a time for us to, and once we find that place of strength and God's provision for us, it's a time for us to turn around and pour our lives out in love and benefit and help to others and caring. So it's a it's a really a moment of opportunity for those of us who are men and women, boys and girls, and young people of faith, a faith in the God of the Bible. That's that's so crucial, so important. Well, there we are. Uh, we're in the Gospel of John in our class. This this not class. This is not a class. This is a radio program. But we make our way through the entire Bible every year. And by the way, I, all 260 readings I have read and recorded the entire Bible, the New Living Translation. And we used to have them on the air here, but now they have been moved to uh, our website. They're put on the podcast. You can hear all of the Bible readings, and you can still follow our Bible reading schedule. If you want to, we could all read through the Bible together uh, and, and here on Sunday evenings get a chance to uh, – Call in and discuss and talk about it. Ask a question that's on your mind about the Bible. And so on this past week, we finished up the books of First and Second Samuel. 
We've been following the experiences. Remember of the time of the judges, uh, the little book of Ruth, and then we went to First and Second Samuel, where this uh, prophet, this transition person between the time of the uh, the time of the judges uh, and, and the time of the priests, the high priest of Israel, and so on. Uh, and is transitioning now to the times of the prophets and the times of kings. We saw the first king of Israel uh, crowned, anointed by Samuel. His name was Saul. And Saul uh, became the first king uh, from the tribe of Benjamin that had just been decimated, remember, in, in a civil war that Israel had had um, at the end of the book of the Judges. So Saul becomes the king. Uh, and then we went through his time, his reign. Uh, it was... In some ways, many ways, a, a very a, a very disappointing failure. He was a man with a tremendous amount of potential and possibilities, <clears throat> but he didn't <clears throat> didn't live up to his potential. And that that's a theme generally in the Bible. There are a lot of people who, uh, even the last of the of the twelve uh, of, of the judges of Israel, uh, Samson. He was a guy with tremendous potential, uh, supernatural strength, very gifted from God to to be one who would help guide and, and influence Israel for good, uh, but he just didn't live up to his potential. And uh, so this, it's a kind of a theme that runs through uh, the Scriptures uh, many times. But then Samuel, uh, Saul, uh, failed as the first king, and he was, uh, he was clearly from the Scriptures, as we looked, read the books of First and Second Samuel, he was put aside by God. He was said, you, your lineage, your family will no longer reign over Israel and a young boy named a young shepherd boy named David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel and uh, so this was a time of the divided kingdom the tribe ten tribes in the north two tribes in the south and David was from the tribe uh, of Judah and uh, so we see that uh, David did indeed 25 years later after he was anointed by Samuel David was came in to be king. Uh, he was appointed and recognized as the king of the two tribes in the south, Judah and Benjamin. Uh, and then uh, seven and a half years later after that, he became the king of all 12 tribes of Israel. There was a time of uh, kind of wrangling and a little bit of uh, um, competition to see you know, who would be the king, the rightful king. Uh, his general Joab and Abner in the north and uh, Meshibopheth, uh, the, the the son of of, of uh, surviving son of Saul in the north, and so th- there was a little time of upheaval and, and questioning. But finally, uh, all twelve tribes came under the leadership of David, and this led to what is called the Golden Age of Israel. Under the King David, the the nation united. Uh, he was a good, godly man. He wasn't perfect by any stretch. He made some very serious and very um, big mistakes in his life and in his reign uh, as well. But he was a man after God's own heart. He was one who loved God, sought after God, and he caught it. He got it. He understood Israel's role as the people of – and I don't mean Israel's role as a as a political statement – or even as a nationalistic movement, uh, or even as an ethnic, uh, genetic movement. It wasn't just about being ethnically Jewish, of of the uh, ancestry of Abraham, Isaac, and descendancy of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, and Joseph, and so on. Uh, That wasn't the point at all, that it was about God, the God, the true and living God, the Creator, 
and a people. Now, and he understood that as a nation, in in particular, Israel was had been based upon and founded upon a belief in the true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had been brought out of Egypt. They had a unique experience with God that that God called them to be faithful to him as a nation, as a people group. And they had not been, of course, but David was committed to that purpose, and he got it. He understood that unique role that that Israel would have, and they and he sought to be good and godly. He sought to influence the people of Israel to be good and godly in many ways. We can talk about all this stuff more in depth and detail. And he tried to influence the nations around him, uh, the Ammonites and, and uh, uh, the, the, the ones to the north, you know, from Damascus and over in, in, in uh, Nineveh, the, the Assyrians and, and uh, the Egyptians even down in, in the south. He tried to be uh, an influence uh, other nations when he had opportunity for good, to follow after the true and living God. So that that was David. And uh, we're ending up at the end of the book of 1 Samuel. We're ending now uh, the time of David's reign. It was a 40-year period uh, that David reigned. Now, if you want to put that a little bit in a, in a historic um, setting, uh, Saul, David, and in David's son um, Solomon, they all, <coughs> if you're a seminary student, you always remember, <laughs> the way you remember this is all three of them reigned for 40 years, essentially. I, and not, it's not an exactitude, but uh, Saul began his reign at the end of the time of the judges, more or less 1,050 years before Jesus was born, uh, and Saul began, and then David, 1010, 1010 years before, began his, and then Solomon, 970, and then 930, 40, they each reigned for 40 years, which is kind of handy if you're studying for a final exam, and they want to know how long was, they all had 40 years. I love that 40-year <laughs> breakdown. Well, there's our music. We're out of time. I've kind of given you a little background, a little where we've been, what we're doing. We'll come back now and make our jump from the books of First and Second Samuel. We'll get on now and move to the New Testament for a period now. We're going to go into the Gospel of John, the fourth of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We started reading through that book. Uh, we got down to where? How far did we get? We got to... Uh, John chapter, uh, I'll find out and I'll tell you when we get back. But we got in the Gospel of John in our reading schedule this past week. And you are welcome to give us a call. Talk to us about all things biblical, what you think is going on in our world today, what is happening. Are we being judged? Is What, what is God doing? Uh, I wonder what you've thought about and how you, uh, you know, kind of how you're accepting this particular time, uh, the coronavirus episode uh, how are you viewing it and seeing it and understanding it individually, family, city, community, nation, world? Love to see what you think God might be up to. We'll be right back in a moment with more from The Bible Live. Don't go away. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Hosanna in the 
Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We will not be shaken. Beautiful song. Great choice, John. You got some good choice. And Hosanna, as we were doing our outro, reminded me to wish our listeners and folks out there a very happy, happy uh, Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday that of the what is called biblically the triumphal entry when Messiah Jesus is making his final trip to uh, Jerusalem. He comes down from the north. His... his uh, ministry was more or less headquartered in the northern in Galilee, the northern part of uh, Israel during his ministry, which is also predicted and prophesied. That's where the, what the that would be a characteristic of the Messiah's uh, life and ministry. Uh, and so Jesus did more or less headquarter up north. He would come down to Jerusalem occasionally for different situations and uh, opportunities, but uh, not often did he stay very long. But this is his final trip down. He knows he came down to to be uh, falsely accused and convicted and then executed. He knew. He told his disciples, I'm going to go down and this is what's going to happen to me. He knew he was walking into the lion's den, to put it uh, with a little biblical jargon there, uh, from our old friend Daniel. So we... Um, we saw Jesus do that uh, w- w- uh, this week. Now, just just this part, not in our Bible readings. We're not that far along yet uh, in the Gospel of John. Although, I think about two-thirds of the Gospel of John. Do you realize this? Two-thirds or, or so of the Gospel of John. You like that, don't you? Every time I say your name, John, he gets. Uh, but two, about two-thirds of the Gospel of John is r- referencing that last week of his life. That's a, kind of an interesting uh, fact, if uh, factoid about the Gospel of John. But uh, anyway, he, um, he's come down, he, he becomes to, uh, and it begins with the triumphal entry. Uh, he stays with his friends uh, um, Lazarus and, and uh, Mary and Martha. He, in fact, raises Lazarus from the dead, uh, interrupts a, a, a good eternal nap there, I guess, that Lazarus is having, or uh, he was dead. And so he raised him from the dead, and then he came on in, and that all of that, Fed into his his dynamic. It's, it's this last week of his life uh, that you know uh, historically what we're celebrating today with the triumphal entry is that he that was the last week he came in with with a uh, bang. He made a he was acknowledged uh, publicly acknowledged. He, Jesus had pretty much uh, he had avoided public acknowledgement of his uh, messiahship. He had. Often, as you remember in the, in the New Testament, when he would heal someone or he would raise someone's child from the dead, or you know the the things that he did, going about doing good and presenting himself, he would often say, "Don't tell anyone. Keep you know you know, give glory to God and honor God. Go to the temple for your purification rites and so on." When they were healed of leprosy, you know there was there was 
there was a, a ritual they were to go through uh, by the, the law of Moses, and he would encourage them to do that. Jesus was a good Jewish man. He, he, he loved God, worshiped God. He uh, kept the law, kept the commandments. He didn't come to destroy the laws of Moses, uh, but to fulfill and complete them. But so he would tell people, but now you see him uh, confronting those who opposed him, the, in general, the, reli- the religious leader um, sector of the society, those who had a political had political power to gain those who had economic motivations and financial motivations by you know compromising to the Romans or those who had uh, who had compromised spiritually for power uh, those of the Sanhedrin they had collaborated with the Romans now and they were uh, in order to get along go along and get along and so Jesus uh, would often clash with them but now he doesn't beginning with this passion. Uh, of the Christ, the, the week of the Passion of Jesus, this final week of his life, beginning with the uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem, then it ends with his crucifixion uh, late in the week uh, uh, at uh, the time of Passover. And so uh, we're, we, we're just getting started. We got started into the Gospel of John. Um, we have read, um, where did I put it? I had it right here in front of me there. What did you do, John? Did you confuse me? It's John's fault. John chapters 1 through 9. That's what we have covered this past week in our reading. We finished up reading 2 Samuel chapters 22 through 24 uh, with the time of, uh, uh, you know, we talk a, little, talks a little bit about the Gibeonites uh, there in chapter 9. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 22 of 2 Samuel. And then there's a song that David wrote praising God for rescuing him from Saul and all of his enemies, in fact, as he was pursued and persecuted by uh, King Saul uh, in his uh, the final years of his reign. And then, um, let's see, by the way, that song, that beautiful song that is recorded in Second Samuel, uh, chapter 22, it is also, we can see that same song uh, written down in, it's Psalm 18, if you like the Psalms and the Proverbs, that same song that that David wrote, uh, chapter 22, is re- recorded for us again in Psalm 18. Uh, we have a list of David's mighty warriors. Uh, his David was a tremendous leader of men, uh, both politically and, and uh, as a uh, as a warrior, as a general, commanding general, uh, he had great warriors that were uh, that supported him. Many of them were not in themselves genetically uh, Jewish, but they were converts to worship the true and living God uh, under as him with him as their leader and so on. Uh, we saw that l- list of David's mighty warriors. And then we remember we see this other mistake that David makes. He he takes a census of the nation without having, without being directed to have done it through uh, through God through one of the prophets Nathan or one of the other prophets that that were influencing and helping him uh, in his reign. So, in other words, we finished up the uh, the book of Second Samuel. There's a beautiful thing there about uh, uh, Araunah's threshing floor. Uh, David was not allowed to build the temple because, remember, he was a man of war. Blood was on his hands. And, but it, he 
his son would build it. Solomon would build the temple. But David laid aside. He began to gathering the resources and putting the, uh, uh, you know, putting the blueprints together and so on for his son to do. And so um, anyway, we finished up the book of Second Samuel. Then we moved now to the New Testament and the Gospel of John. Now, we do have a call. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. And uh, we would like to go now and Harold. Harold is on the line, and uh, you can call in as well. Anything biblical, a question, a comment, something you think, how would you interpret from the God of the Bible that we know and we see him at work? That's one of the great values, I think, of the Hebrew Scriptures, um, what we call the Old Testament, uh, I, I guess, broadly, uh, and, and not in any way diminishing the, the power and the, the authority of the Old Testament. That's not what we're meant to do. Uh, it's just to differentiate between the, the time uh, of the writing in, in relationship to the coming of the Messiah. And so uh, one of the benefits I think we get out of the Old Testament uh, is we get to see God, the same God, uh, the same God, Old and New Testaments, but we see God working in history, how he deals with men and nations and families and couples, and and we get to we can extrapolate to some degree from what we see there to the times. Now, there are some dis- very different elements of the time we live in now, in the time of the Messiah, uh, what the Bible calls the last times. This entire era for 2,000 years is the the ending era under the, uh, after the coming of Messiah. But that's one of the great advantages we have from the Hebrew Scriptures, from reading them and, and learning from them. Oh, Harold, I'm finally coming over to talk with you. I hope that you're still with me and able to uh, say hi. I hope you had a good uh, Palm Sunday and, and everything. How How are you and your family doing? <laughs> Oh, it's so good to hear your voice, Toby Dollar. You wouldn't Thank believe you, it. Thank you, Harold. Don't don't think that we don't miss you. Uh, you know, miss you. You are holding everything together for us, and you do make a difference. Oh, Harold, you're so and, nice. Uh, Thanks. I appreciate. No, that. I'm serious. No, I'm really serious. You know, and you know, I wanted to tell you. I, I didn't know I was going to say that, but <laughs> everything's okay at work. Um, good. Next week is going to be a bunch of ours first week at home, and then we go back again. My son's been working. Him and his wife they work at Lackland Environmental Science people, and oh my land, they've yeah. been working from home for a little while. Yeah. But he's him and her are doing okay. My so wife, you, so you've been able up. to, so you've been able to continue going in. I, I'm assuming I'm assuming there's a little bit of difference. You practice social distancing or that sort of thing, but. So you've been able to continue for it. That's so good, Harold. I'm proud. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I work at UT Health Science Center, and uh-huh. yeah, we have the distancing, and they check our temperature every morning. But like uh-huh. I said, and I always wonder how hot it's going to be. But it's always yeah. 95 or 90, 98. Good, but, good. Um, good deal. So now it's our turn to stay home. But you know, you know, but it it is getting to me a little bit. You know, I'm maybe even a lot. You know, as far as Bible reading. I, I mean, I have it open, but I think I went down to like maybe three percent compared yeah. to the way I used to read, and uh-huh. and, and and you know, I got to tell you, I was hyperventilating three about three o'clock Saturday morning, 
And I got up, took a couple of aspirins, and I, I did, what is wrong with me? And I thought, well, maybe it's this tooth that's been bothering me. Was it a little so, nervous anxiety, maybe? I don't know. What do you? What was oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. But I also had this tooth that I know separated a little bit, and I called the dentist. But So Saturday night at 4.30, I said, I'm going to call that number. You know, he's been our dentist for 35 years, at least, Marquez. And... Of course, nobody answered, but then he had an emergency number, and I said, I'm going to call that. And I called it, and I go, who is this? He goes, it's uh, the dentist, uh, Mark. And I said, this is Harold. And he goes, oh, Harold, we're not going going into the office. And I said, well, you know, no, I don't want you to go in the office. I don't want you to go in the office. Uh I just have this problem. I'm going to look at your x-ray. And I said, you know, my there's two teeth that feel kind of tight. And he talked to me for almost a half hour. And he says, you know, I'm going to send some medication over to your favorite Walmart, you know, where I go uh-huh. here. Yeah. And, you know, some antibiotics so things don't get infected. And I said, you know, Mark, I appreciate talking to you so, so much. And oh. thank you for talking to me. I had and a little encounter I, with my dentist as well. I, I know what you mean. It, the, you know, it, it is... Some of these folks and functions we take so for granted, and now we're learning, to, wow, how much we appreciate them. And they are really, they're not just making a living or a business, but they yeah. they really care about their their, cust- their patients, you know. And, that's and, good. That's, and good. that's what I mean, and that's what I mean about you. You know, you're not a dentist, but you're a preacher. We enjoy hearing what you say. And, I, you know, i got to tell you, I did calm down. I told him, I said, you know, <laughs> half of that was in my mind, I guess, and my heart hasn't been flittering since, and it's, yeah. I feel okay, and I went and got my medication. But uh, uh, there is a f- few couple of things, you know, you think might be interesting. Uh, interesting. Well, first in the book of John, uh-huh. uh, you know, you know, chapter 9, I just happened to notice where it says, now, Jesus, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And yes. Kind of like I kind of feel like that a little bit. Not that my faith is shaken, like maybe it is shaken, but it, you know, but it or tested. You know, I'm kind of feel like what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, or after these 14 days, and you know, by faith, you know, we're all going to get there. And just one more other comment. You know, uh-huh, we're talking uh-huh. about how we have to be inside. You know, we got to be inside. And you might remember, I forget how many years ago, 4,000 or so, where the, I'm being funny, but the Hebrews were asked to stay inside. <laughs> I'm not that old. You remember there. that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah, <laughs> You're not that old. Well, you've been around a while, but uh, <laughs> that they were asked to stay inside for, uh, I'm trying to find out in the Bible, uh, I know it's chapter 12, and that's when the God's month Are you talking about when they were in Egypt? Uh, yes, and they were, you know, the Passover, uh-huh, that's right. when it first started and they all that stay stuff. stay in their house. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, they were supposed to stay inside. And then I think chapter 12, verse 4, it says you're supposed to get a sheep or I think a lamb. And if you have too much meat for your household, uh-huh. you're supposed to give it to your neighbor. You know, you're supposed to help out your neighbor and this and that. And the other. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh-huh. so there's things going on that has already happened and people live through it you know i'm sure sure it wasn't easy but uh Uh you know that these things have happened and i did the research and back in the month of nisan of course that's hebrew Uh and it used to be a a canaanite word i think it's abba a-b-i-a or something Uh and it's the same month uh march and april 
that they were in that we are in now. And, you know, I find that not necessarily fascinating because it's not fascinating. Well, to but it's definitely it. interesting. It is. It is. And, uh, man, don't go anywhere. And, you know, I'm so glad you answered the phone. <laughs> Thanks. So you know, much, I'm so Herman. glad you answered well, the phone. I'm so stuff. glad to hear your, your, your words and your analysis uh, is so interesting because I think all of us as, as believers, we're doing that. We're paying attention. We're listening. We're living, in, of course, in here in the moment, but also we're kind of relating this to what we know of God and what we know of His Word, the Bible, and, and we're, we're kind of, kind of making what could this, because uh, you brought up the idea of, of staying in the homes, and the, you know, uh, the, and that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament, there are a lot of one of the great values is we get to see God dealing with people, groups, families, marriages, friendships. Uh, Kings and common people and so on. The economy, we get to see God dealing with the economy in all these different ways. There were famines and times of difficult plagues also in, the, in times of uh, the Old Testament. And we mm-hmm. get to see how they how they happen, why they happen. We sometimes get a little bit of an explanation. And, and uh, so we're all trying to make a little bit of what is God up to now, you know, and and, and by the way, I do want to mention one thing quickly is that we are okay, back. Okay, I'd like to say one more thing. The yeah. Bible Live is back on, not on the radio, but we are now publicly available. You can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, and uh, we're getting our, our new website back up on, and you can hear all of the readings. So if you wanted mm. to hear, uh, you know, follow our same reading schedule through the Bible every year. You can find the date, the week that we're in. Like I said, this last week, we ended the book of Second Samuel and started the, the Gospel of John. Yeah. And so you can still go there now and uh, mm-hmm. to the podcast to here at KSLR, the podcast here at KS, uh, what is it called, Say, uh, AM630, AM630theword.com. So you can mm-hmm. hear all the Bible readings here, or you can go to thebiblelive.com mm-hmm. and hear the readings there. So I just wanted to tell yeah. you and all of our other listeners that if if you kind of would like to continue like we used to read through the Bible and listen to the readings, uh, I'll be glad to read the Bible to you. I'd be proud and happy and honored to do that, yeah. and uh, we can come on Sunday nights and, and uh, after having Yeah, that would be nice to readings. do. And, you know, I'd like to just say you know one more thing. You know, I have my my good— Christian friends at Antioch Baptist Church here in sure. San Antonio, and my friend uh, Joseph. You know, he always likes to walk up to me once in a while. And I love that conversation. Well, They're a great, you know. Group of uh, yeah, yeah, Pastor Camp over there, uh-huh. and uh, he he says, uh, "So what are the what are the Jews doing now?" Like when this first started. <laughs> yeah. this, is a, this is a lot serious now. I, mean, yeah. I talked about a month ago, yeah. and I said, "Well, you know, Joseph." I said, "The Jews always held, you know, their." religious practices in the home uh-huh. it's really nothing new to them to do that right you know they you know that that's how they survived through all these thousands of years because they didn't really necessarily have a temple to go to right because they kept getting knocked down you know they had their you know they had their their Synagogues lessons and they had and, their yeah. stuff yeah at in the home it's uh-huh. kind of a home-based religion uh-huh. basically and so I, I i'm just kind of wondering i guess the church the church at large is kind of feeling like, well, we, I'm not saying they never did it from home, but it's like, this is how it kind of started. Yes. And now they're oh, doing good, it That's also. a good reminder. That is a great reminder for us because, uh, and it really, mm-hmm. it, it should still be that way. The, 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 
let me see, what would I say? The, the, you know, they say the building block of a society is the family. And the same thing in the okay. spiritual world, that, that actually it's at the family unit is the fall, smallest uh, uh, building block of faith. That's where mom and dad lead the children in faith. We pray together we, mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, and maybe we've forgotten that important principle, and now we're getting to remember how to worship together and how dad can read the Bible and, and the family can meet and pray together and so on. I, I think it's a good yeah, reminder. That's true. It really is a good reminder. And it comes right out of our out of our uh, our Judeo Christian heritage. That's part of it, really. You're right. That's true. That is, that's true. It's a and good uh, reminder. well, before it really I go. Is. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> thank oh, you, sure, too. Sure, sure. But, you know, I want to say, you know, my mama, she's a, a, she just turned 85 this month, and she's been staying with my sister Barbara over there. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think you talked to Barbara before on the radio, but you talked to Betty. Well, I would talk and, to, uh, yeah, I've talked to Betty. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, you talked to Betty, and, you know, I told mama, I'm going to have to put you on time out a little bit because, you know, she's watching too much of that news, and she started getting <laughs> worried about me and this and that. And I said, don't worry. They're checking my temperature every day. I even tell the nurses at work, my mom is so happy they're checking my temperature. <laughs> they never stop being parents. They never great. stop being parents. Never, but Sylvie never. Dollar, thank, thank you so much for being there. I missed you so much. Thank you, my brother. And, um, Good to all talk righty, I'll talk you. to you later. You take care. Harold brings up some really interesting points. And, and you could do that as well if you just open up your heart and open up your mouth and, and visit with us a bit. We're all going to gain a little bit of insight and a little bit of comfort from hearing from each other these days. And, oh, yes, you're, you're, you've handled it this way. You've done this. This is what you're a dentist. And I bet you, you all probably have stories of exceptional stories of uh, your doctor, your dentist, or someone going out of their way, doing something special, some special insight or experience you've had during these times of the coronavirus. And uh, one of the things that, that Harold just mentioned that was interesting to me is that I remember last week on our program, uh, the callers that called in, all of them made a point of the fact that uh, I stopped listening to the news. Do you remember that, John? And I didn't actually pick up on it, I don't know, in the program itself. But it's funny how that uh, that seems to be a a point. It seems to be a major happening is that uh, in some way it has affected the way we – what we want to listen to in, in, in terms of like good news, bad news, you know, true news, fake news, whatever it is. I don't know what the different elements are. That causes, but uh, both of the listeners last week, and then Harold just mentioned it as well. That you know, we stop listening so much to the news because I wonder if that's the part of our. Uh, it's a part generally of what's going on. I wonder if across across the nation, over three hundred million people, are we are we stopping listening uh, as much to the news as before, and and why would be my question. Is it just not that? <laughs> Maybe it's just not that entertaining. I don't know. Uh, we're looking for other things, or is there some reason that it was too negative, or it was too depressing, or, or it was? You know, I'm wondering why. If maybe you could give us a, a, a phone call, folks, two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you'd like to talk a little bit about your experience uh, during these times and what you're doing and what's happened, and maybe you have a good word and encouraging insight. Uh, or maybe some a problematic one that, that you could share that would 
cause us all to to think. We're we are in this together, uh, for sure. I can't believe it. Segment went by too, didn't it? Well, there's our music, our second half hour. We have a half hour to go, so I hope that you might consider getting on the phone, 210-340-9585. We would all love to hear from you how you're handling the coronavirus uh, pause that our nation and the world, entire world, is experiencing. It's a very unique thing going on. We'll want to tell our children and grandchildren about it. (laughs) This is unique, right? I mean, back in, I remember back in, 2020, when we had that coronavirus, you know, we'll tell all of our, in the future, we'll tell them about it. Well, there's our music. We're going to take another break, but we'll be right back. So I hope you don't go away. This is The Bible Live. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. When they crucified my Lord Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar? When they took him from the cross, were you there when they took him from the cross? This, uh, uh, that was the man in black. That was Johnny Cash, wasn't it? Uh, passed away 2003. A lot of years he's been gone. Wow. But we're still, you know, he's got that very uh, <laughs> recognizable voice, that, that baritone uh, voice of his. Uh, you, know who I, you know who I remember from way, way back when? I bet you our listeners don't even remember. Anybody out there at all remember a guy named Tennessee Ernie Ford? Uh, he was one of the last of the great baritones. I mean, he, uh, that deep kind of resonant voice that they had. Uh, we've gone calling, since the Beatles, I think, basically the whole music, of, at least in male musicians, have moved to tenors. I mean, tenors reign, but um, 
ever since you know with the real high voices and all the falsetto and so on that we we've come to be used to be accustomed to uh, but boy at one time it was um it was baritones were much more appreciated and admired and listened to back in the back in the day right i don't think um um sinatra was not a particularly a tenor i think he was more of a baritone uh, perhaps not uh, it was frankie valley and the the uh you know, the, in that era, when you came back to the, the the Jersey Boys and all those groups that begin to get a lot of the falsetto in, involved. Well, anyway, we are back. We're finally talking about the Gospel of John. If you'd like to give us a call and comment a little bit about what your experience has been here during the uh, the the uh, coronavirus uh, shutdown or lockdown or whatever you're calling it, the pause in the, in the national life. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. 210-340-9585. Particularly as a believer, as a man or woman of faith, a young person of faith, uh, kind of as you're thinking about what 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 is it God might be doing and, and what might be happening spiritually in our land, uh, even as we talk about economics and, and you know what, how's the economy, how's the employment, uh, I guess at 4.4% now unemployment. Um, that's not really... Horrendous. I mean, I, I think used to at one time we, uh, what five or six years ago we were up four percent, wasn't it, uh, under Barack Obama and so on. But now we had gotten used to it coming down so much with the new, uh, with you know with, under Trump and so on. But it's also tenuous. Maybe that's the thing that's that's so unsettling is that uh, everything is kind of up in the air. But anyway, we're we're 4.4% they say unemployment, but a lot of us are shut down in our homes. We I wonder where this thing is headed. But Harold mentioned something that I thought was interesting as well. I had written it down to comment on in the Gospel of John um in chapter 9, he mentioned this man born blind and it's curious that the Jesus was walking along in Jerusalem and he saw a man who had been born who had been blind from birth and his disciples asked Jesus why was this man born blind was it because of his own sin or his parents sins and frankly that surprised me that that question surprises me because y- you know folks we we dealt with that question back in the oldest book of the bible <laughs> Back in the Hebrew Scripture, we dealt with that question about, um, you know, bad things happen, all of them traced back to sin or somebody sinned. You know, you did something wrong. And I thought that that had been settled, but it kind of it surprises me that the disciples put their question to Jesus in that terms. Here's a blind man. There's something negative. It's a, it's a tragedy. It's a sad thing. A man born blind without his sight. And... And they're trying to get handles on it. They're trying to understand it. They're trying to explain what happened here. You know, and he, we follow after God. We believe in God. So, okay, what? Why did God allow this? Was and so their best explanation was, well, it was it was either his sin or maybe his parents' sin, which is kind of what we dealt with in the Book of Job, for that matter. But Jesus makes it very clear. He said it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. It has nothing to do, that had nothing to do, Jesus says, with sin. Now, 
sin does have some consequences in our individual lives and in our society and our families and so on. Uh, if we get in a, get drunk and get in a drunken brawl and, and we're injured or a traffic accident or we get a ticket or something, I, I mean, obviously that has something to do with sin. Uh, but in this case, uh, the the man is born blind, and this said, look what Jesus did say, though. This has happened so the power of God could be seen in him. So one of, one of you, some of you may be asking, why is God allowing this coronavirus? Why did, uh, it, you know, Wuhan, China, and it came out of there, and it exploded, and, and all the, the misinformation that the Chinese government put out, and, and they, you know, they're... There's a big inquiry going on right now, an exploration of the idea of did China do this on purpose? Is Why did this happen? Why was it allowed to fester and to grow uh, there in China and, then, of course, into other countries and now to be a worldwide pandemic? Um, and But for believers, for those who believe that God is there, the God of Abraham, Isaac, the true and living God, the creator – he is there. Uh, why? Why does he allow this? Why? I mean, obviously, the 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 entire physical environment that we live in—the world of molecules and atoms and, and science and biology and chemistry and, and viruses and so on—all of that's part of the world that God created. So the potential for this kind of thing is obviously here. It's not the first virus ever. Uh, discovered we have the influenza we have uh, the SARS virus that, so we we become a little bit more accustomed and understanding of this but the point is is what what is God doing and and Jesus says to about this man born blind he said this happens so the power of God could be seen in him and i think it's one of the answers that we could we could clearly draw, if we believe in the God of the Bible, that God is there, is that this isn't some kind of an accident that's not, I mean, it may be, uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be Mr. Answer it all, you know it all. I mean, certainly am not by any stretch. But if we believe that God is there and that he is in charge uh, and that God thinks these things happen and there's there are reasons uh, from God's perspective um, it says this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Could it be as well that th- this is happening in our world and our and so on? This too could be uh, an opportunity for the power of God to be seen in our world. And, and when you think about it, folks, it's a remarkable thing. Now, uh, coming out of China, even if you go look at it internationally, um, China, you take Italy, you know, the home of the Vatican and, and, and so on, uh, Europe. Uh, we lived in Europe for many years ourselves, and, and I know the, the European nations and so on, and people uh, from, and they're not particularly men and women of faith in a, in a, in a larger way. Abandoned uh, uh, Europe began to abandon faith. It became much more of a secular uh, society um, many, many decades ago. Now, our culture uh, remained to be a culture of men and women of faith. We recognize, you know, a public acknowledgement of God is still, uh, is still um, 
put up with. Uh, you know, the president can talk about God and prayer and his his idea. I hope that the coronavirus we can come out of the lockdown and the, in the by Easter next Sunday. He was kind of. Wouldn't that be wonderful if, if if we could somehow come out, kind of aspirationally speaking, as a as a as a believer, as a man who claims to believe in God and, and acknowledge God? Uh, he was saying, "Wouldn't that be wonderful? That'd be great if we could come out at the time of Easter Sunday when when Jesus rose from the dead." And and, and it's good. I mean, my imagination took off. I said, "Oh, that would be great as well." But the point is, is that. What is it that God might be up to? Jesus said it happens so the power of God could be seen in him. Uh, all across China, there, there, there are millions of believers, if we understand the, the reports, uh, not only the news, but uh, there are uh, missiology experts who follow the pro- progress of the gospel being taught and uh, the 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 message of the true and living God, the Creator and the Messiah Jesus. Uh, I've been to China. I've been to Mongolia. I've been to Singapore. I've been to Hong Kong. These country, these cities, and these lands. And uh, I know there are many, many believers in China, both underground and those who worship in the in the government churches and so on. There are many people who love God. Maybe God is going to do something there. Bring something good in, out of this, uh, even in the land of China, that would be a, a change and that that God's presence would maybe more and more will be turning. The opportunity for Chinese believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ in faith, that this is an opportunity for them over there in their land as well, in their cities, communities. It's, it's an opportunity for these millions of believers that are there to uh, to say something. At least in their families, in their communities, their neighborhoods, their the, the you know, believers can have. Uh, maybe this will be a chance. It will be a great opening for God and for faith in God. Maybe God would bring many more millions to Himself uh, during a time like this. The same thing could be said for Europe and for other nations, and uh, and so on. These are all things that we have to think about as believers and turn around from. From just seeing all negative and, and and everything is so bad, but realizing that these have always these times of difficulty and stress have always been wonderful times of opportunity for the people of God. It's for a, t- a chance for us to demonstrate uh, our our the lives the the life that God has given us. If we are secure enough in our walk with God, we believe that uh, God is with us. He has our life in His hands. Uh, he is. He loves us. We are. We are so. Our bank, our love bank is full. Our love account is full, and so we can therefore afford to, to, do some, um, take some money out of our love bank and spread it around a little bit. So we can, uh, if we're if we're experiencing our security, and our and our uh, hope and joy, in uh, confidence in the Lord, even in the difficult time, then we should become. We can become a source of joy and encouragement and hope and help, practical help and assistance in loving and caring and helping to the people around us. That I think that is, that's always been true, times of difficulty. I, what was it, C.S. Lewis, uh, one of his famous sayings, uh, God whispers to us in our pleasure, in our comfort, 
but he yells to us in our pain. He get, sometimes gets our attention in times like of pain and difficulty more than in easy times. Maybe, maybe this will be a time of when our nation would seriously rethink the idea of pushing God out of the public world, out of the public sector, the, uh, the public acknowledgement of God in our schools and in our public uh, institutions. Uh, maybe, maybe we will rethink that a little bit because of this. It could be. Uh, that would be one of the, uh, the benefits that would come. And I think it would be a, a gener- sincerely a benefit uh, for us. Uh, not every person, no one is ever going to be coerced into faith. It's impossible to do, to be honest. You can't make somebody uh, a faith. God looks upon the heart, the true heart. Uh, and so people, if we're going to come to God, people are going to do so for their own reasons and of their own uh, will, their own free will, if they're sincerely, genuinely going to come to faith in uh, and devotion to God. Um, so, uh, but... There could be pressures. There could be influencers on these, and, and uh, the things that happen to us in life are among those things. Let's let me let me uh, get some of the ideas. And, and again, I would love to hear from you as a priority uh, 340-9585. And you heard me tell uh, Harold in his call that uh, we are back. With the Bible Live readings, if you, would, I would love, I would be so honored and privileged to be the Apache Indian that reads the Bible to you and your family. That we could read through the Bible together every year, fifteen to twenty minute reading from the Scriptures every weekday, Monday through Friday, uh, the entire Bible every year. And I would be glad to do that. I would be honored. Uh, we are, we have our Bible readings uh, now available by podcast here at. Uh, AM 630, the word, AM 630theword.com. You can go to KSLR's uh, website here and you can go to the, po- click on the podcast, go down to the Bible Live, and you'll be able to find the readings and the dates. We keep our same reading schedule through this, uh, through the year, around the year. Uh, this coming week, we'll finish up the Gospel of John and then we'll be moving back to the books of First and Second Kings and the Tanakh and the Hebrew Scriptures. So you can go through us this week. be a good time, perhaps, to pick up the Gospel of John. Uh, we've made it through the first nine chapters already, uh, but if you want to listen this week through Passion Week, you can hear uh, a lot about Jesus last week, what he did, the things he said and did, uh, and the things that were done to him during the last week of his life, which is what we are commemorating right now here and around the world. This is Passion Week, uh, the time of the crucifixion, and then, of course, ending with the great victorious uh, celebration of his victory over death, hell, and the grave, his resurrection from the dead. Well, our readings line up perfectly with that. We're reading the last part of the Gospel of John this week, and we will celebrate and mark the resurrection of Jesus uh, there in our reading this week, just as we will be on the air next week talking about that as well. So um, if you want to go back and pick up with the readings with us, you can do it uh, with your cell phone, anywhere you are on your computers. Just go to uh, am630theword.com. 
find the podcast, The Bible Live, and find the readings for this week. And for this each day, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's a reading. Uh, and you can find it and listen to it. I'll read that Bible passage to you. Uh, they're on your cell phone or in your car, wherever you might be. You can do the same thing with um, the Bible Live, thebiblelive.com, or just biblelive.com. If you happen to have gotten it right, you'd still get to the same site, or soapydollar.com for that matter. Uh, you can go to our, our new website, and there too you can hear the um, you can hear the the uh, the same readings, the same uh, podcast of our readings on the same schedule. So I hope you'll take that down and remember those, and maybe we can get back to reading through the Bible. Maybe, indeed, I might be able to be the Apache Indian that read the Bible to the nation, ultimately. Who knows? Maybe God's going to use this in that way. It's been my passion and my deep heart's desire to let people, more and more folks, experience, hear the Bible. Uh, and and uh, every not just... Not preaching. Uh, what the Bible says is far more important than, than what I would even say about the Bible. But you can let you have a chance to hear the Bible itself. Let's go to one of our listeners, uh, Augustina. Mm-hmm. Augustina, good to hear yeah. from you, young lady. What are you up to? How, how are you faring <laughs> in these days of coronavirus? I'm just hanging in there. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> That's a good word I for all call- of us. I called uh, to tell you all that you all are so blessed by uh, the word of the Lord, the way you all just talk about Jesus with uh, very calm. I just could listen to you all every night. (laughs) You're a doll, Augustina. How are you and your family? What are you doing these days? Uh, Tell me a little bit about your, how are you faring? Uh, Are you you fearful? Are you uh, concerned? Yes, very, very. Oh, you... Fearful, but uh, my granddaughter works, so I have to take her to work. So uh-huh. we keep going, and I still keep going. I I can't just stay home, and yeah. I can't let her drive by herself because uh, she's in high school. I see. Yeah, so I, I take. She's still working. Yeah. Well, that's good in a way, I guess. I mean, she happy about that that she's still home, be able to bring home a check and yes. take care of things. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, Augustina, you're so nice to call in to us to just share a little bit about your own heart and life. And uh, just with those fears, you know, God's got you, my dear. You you, you are yeah. his child, you know. Uh, you're yeah. not your own. You've been bought with a price. And Jesus has paid the – we belong to him. And he's going to keep you and, and guard you and protect you and your family and your loved ones. And uh, I pray for that granddaughter as well, that God will keep her and <laughs> – you just you just keep loving her and and the, is she following well, after the Lord as well? Oh yes, oh, yes, wonderful. definitely. But then uh, you know she's kind of sad because she's going to graduate from high school online. Yeah. they won't have the prom. They're not going to have the prom or the. I know. I the, know. I thought, of, I, I thought of that this week, Augustina. That that uh, because I, I my grandkids are in school as well and. Uh, we know families and so on that have high school seniors and and of course they're 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 not going to have the graduation in the pomp and circumstance and, the, and they're, they'll have to remember theirs by in a different way I suppose but right uh-huh. it could still be special it could still be special it could be something they look back on God can make it you know 
God can make it good. And so try to encourage her a little bit that, that uh, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. And so there is a conspiracy mm-hmm. of circumstances that work on our behalf as God's people. So mm-hmm. so you, you encourage her. Well, thank you so much. I wanted to share that uh, I just got permitted to listen to the Word of God. I mean, I, for 10 years I would read and it wouldn't it wouldn't stay in my mind. It wouldn't. I couldn't focus on the reading, like I'll be, uh, you know, like the first reading in the gospel, ten, yeah. twelve years, and then all of a sudden, I just like in uh, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I started reading, and it does stay on my mind. <laughs> How That's do you so all do wonderful. it? That's so. But wonderful. I did. Well, thank you, Lord, for that, and it's a good, you know. A tiny little bit of good news like that, Augustina, just cheers us all. It's, it, God is still working with his people. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, you yeah, ended our program night. with a wonderful message. Thank you, my dear. Good night. Good night. Sleep well. Rest well. Rest, uh, Folks, I hope you have a great night's sleep. Don't be fearful, anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but every, in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to the Lord. Uh, he's he's hearing, he's listening, he's got us in his hands. God bless. See you next Sunday night here on The Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.